Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. Ezin Fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, July 19th, 2022, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 1, Bill's Story, on page 15. We will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph only that starts on page 15 with, we commenced to make many fast friends and ends on the top of page 16 with, we are growing in numbers and power. Today's readers are Gloria B., Morgan K., Kathy S., Betsy H., and Dana M., The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, July 18th, 2022, are 19,194 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 19194 and 19,195 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 19195. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Gloria B. to read the OA 12 steps. Good morning. I'm Gloria B., a recovered compulsive overeater in Missouri. 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal excuse me, inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Oh, my God, just lost my page. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Gloria B. from Missouri. I will now ask Morgan Kay to read the OA 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Morgan Kay. I'm a compulsive reader from Canada. The 12 Traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, carry the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous have no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of, of communication. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you for letting me be a servant. Thank you, Morgan Kay from Canada. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and we will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph only that starts on page 15 with 
we commenced to make many fast friends and ends on the top of page 16 with, we are growing in numbers and power. I will now ask Kathy S. to go ahead and read that for us. Thanks, Rebecca. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. We commenced to make many fast friends, and a fellowship has grown up among us, of which it is a wonderful thing to feel a part. The joy of living we really have, even under pressure and difficulty. I have seen hundreds of families set their feet in the path that really goes somewhere, have seen the most impossible domestic situations righted, feuds and bitterness of all sorts wiped out. I have seen men come out of asylums and resume a vital place in the lives of their families and communities. Business and professional men have regained their standing. There is scarcely any form of trouble and misery which has not been overcome among us. In one Western city and its environs, there are 1,000 of us and our families. We meet frequently so that newcomers may find the fellowship they seek. At these informal gatherings, one may often see from 50 to 200 persons. We are growing in numbers and power. Um, I am so grateful to get to uh, read this paragraph this morning and share on it. You know, when right off the bat, when they talk about fast friends, it's different from where Bill started his chapter talking about fair-weathered friends, which um, I actually looked up. It's a person who stops being a friend in times of difficulty. And before I came into this fellowship, I had that. Um, when I was in the thick of things with my disease, I had many friends just go by the wayside. And uh, they kind of disappeared in my life. And they were like, I didn't know what to do. So, you know, just left you to figure it out. And um, that's not what happens here. And I have um, fast friends in this case means that I make friends fast in this fellowship. I've only been a part of it maybe three years and been recovered for two years of it. And I have some of the best friends I've ever had. The, um, you know, people know me, they accept me, I show up authentically, and I feel loved, supported, and accepted. And I, I can't begin to express the joy that that brings in the, um, you know, like what it says, we, we really have it even under pressure and difficulty. I've had to endure a lot of things in during my time here in recovery, things like my mom, um, her heart stopping while we were on vacation and things like um, my having to put my dog down recently or my daughter who fell in love with somebody that we really were scared of and then ended up having a baby with him. And everybody supported me through this. I know I am not walking this journey at all together. And if it weren't for this fellowship, I would have no relationship with my daughter and wouldn't know a grandbaby that is so precious to me today. And, and just, and wouldn't, and would be so racked with guilt about um, the decision we made about our dog, but the encouragement and the support that I get here. I mean, there is no, scarcely, just like it says, any form of trouble that has not been overcome among us. I'm not in this alone. And I am so, so grateful. I think one key of it is that, you know, when I do make these outreach calls to fellows, people know me, I do a lot of 10 steps. I get do 10 steps anytime I'm disturbed or anxious. And so it's a productive conversation. I look at my part 
um, I ask for feedback and it's in those that time, you know, people share with me what they hear. They share with me their experience. They honestly care. And I'm set free from my troubles. I'm not just whining and venting and, and it's just a bunch of negativity. It's, it's like I said, it's productive and there's joy and peace. And um, I could go on and on about this. I'm just so grateful. And you all know who you are, even the newcomer who in at first 30 seconds of talking, there's a connection there. And I just so appreciate you. So um, that's all I got. And just thank you all. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy S. from Georgia. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you haven't shared on a vision for you this past Friday or Monday and would like to share on the second paragraph only on page, that starts on page 15 with we commence to make many fast friends and ends on the top of page 16 with we are growing in numbers and power, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Alex A. Cheryl A. Any of those. I could Linda D. Reva P. Okay, here's who I wrote down. Linda D, Cheryl A, Nancy, I'm not sure, Reva P. And now is it Rick? Rick J, maybe, I think is who that is. Yeah, it was Rick J. Gotcha. Okay, did I miss anybody who spoke their name? Melissa C. (laughs) Melissa C. Thanks. Okay. Oh, who's that? I'll, I'll add one more that I heard a voice. I can catch your name. Pat B. All right. Okay, say that once more, please. Pat B. Pat D. Okay. That'll round us out with the first seven names. Linda D., other than Kathy. Linda D., Cheryl A., Nancy, someone, Reva P., Rick J., Melissa C., and Pat D. Linda G, go right ahead. Good morning. It's Linda D from Connecticut. And I'm uh, awestruck that I'm recovered, but I'm not cured. So I'm here every day to learn more. There's a a lot to to learn about God, really. Um, This is a program about love, but it's not human. It shows up through humans, or he or she, shows up through humans, and boy does it. Um, The person before me that shared, it, it was a remarkable share, it was true. I've been helped through all kinds of things. Things that are embarrassing that an adult does not know, like really how to live. One of the embarrassing things is that I didn't know how to use a computer. Three-year-olds know how to use a computer. I didn't know how. 
Boy, I've had to learn how. It's life-saving. You wouldn't think it is, but it is. Um, but I've had, had help through things that are very, very emotional, very embarrassing, like poverty. I didn't start out with poverty. I blew a lot of money. I didn't know how to handle it. Some people are very wealthy on this line. I'm not. I blew, you know, I grew up with with a, a very nice home. Of course, some people on the line grew up on the street, and that that's a killing thing right from the start. That's really, really hard. But I grew up with this disease, and this disease ripped me in half. I'm not in half anymore. I'm a hell of a gal. And I don't say that with ego. I say it with gratitude, because I know what made me that way, all of you. But how did you do it? You did it because of God. I didn't even know God was real. Maybe you did. I didn't. God is so sweet and good and powerful and and a lot more than sweet. Guides me every day, all day, to the best of my ability. Sounds kind of highfalutin, right? God's guiding me. It's not. It's the only thing that works. So if you're new and you know what the hell we're talking about, come on in. Find out. It's the best experiment you'll ever try because this works. I'm not nuts anymore. Well, you know, a little. I'm human, but my God, it's so wonderful not to be self-destructive and to be learning how to live and to do it with all of you. Talking about the people I know, I know the best people on earth. Mm-hmm. Swear to God, there are people on this line, they're, they're sisters and brothers. They're sisters that I trust my life with. I can be totally vulnerable. And they're not going to yell and scream. They're just going to go, don't you think you should go a little to the left? Yes, they're right. Time? Okay. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much, Linda D. from Connecticut. Cheryl A. Good morning, everyone. My name is Cheryl A. I live in Brookline, Massachusetts, in the Boston area and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I think this is one of the most beautiful, hopeful um, paragraphs that exists in the big book. It gives us, it doesn't really state this as promises, although we could sort of see it that way even before they come later on in the book. It gives us a vision for what is possible if we do this work. Um, And one of the messages that came to me this morning is that to be able to accept that this relates to me takes humility because so many of us have been beaten into a pulp by the disease and all of the different um, manifestations of the disease relative to how we see life and ourselves and we're just not wired for this kind of joy and To think that somehow I am someone who could also experience this joy, the joy of living we really have, even under pressure and difficulty, 
um, I have seen, what's the other part that I just love? This line right here, there is scarcely any form of trouble and misery which has not been overcome among us. Those are some of the most powerful statements I think I've ever heard for transforming from one thing to another. But I have to believe and have the humility to believe that that can happen to me too. That I am one of those people that this can work on. I don't have to, I don't have to, um, I don't have to be someone who thinks that I am just destined for a life of misery and pain. I'm just not that important. I'm not that important such that somehow I am terminally unique and that this doesn't apply to me. It does. I've got to let it in. I want to let it in today because there is nothing more hopeful and exciting than thinking about a life of joy and thinking about coming through misery and trouble that used to topple me to the ground and to think that somehow I could have difficulty, misery, and trouble, but still be living in this context. So today I pray for the humility to think that I am just as human as anyone else, and I do not have to destine myself for, for pain. I don't. That's the disease talking to me, that somehow my joy causes someone else's pain or, or vice versa. These principles I choose today. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Cheryl A. from Massachusetts. Nancy, which Nancy are you? It was Nancy P. Oh, Nancy. <laughs> okay, you can hear me, right? Obviously. Um, yes. So, Nancy P., thank you so much for letting me share. Nancy P., recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. I love this paragraph, this one and the previous one. The joy of living we really have, even under pressure and difficulty. I actually disagree with that because my personal experience is that I have the joy of living especially under pressure and difficulty. I mean, you know, this is like the code, the shorthand for, the, for intuitively knowing how to handle situations which used to baffle me. And things that baffle me are stressful things, you know, like things that, are, that I don't want to be that way, right? And I love the, the word commence. It means to begin. And I always thought that wherever I am now is where I'm going to stay. And what I learned is that's not. That's where I begin. It's not where I end. And, you know, in my personal experience, fellowship is the, is the, the grief that allows my surrender to take hold. Um, I can surrender all I want, but if it doesn't, if it can't take root, it's not going to do me any good. And um, fellowship is the is the what greases the skids for that. And um, you know, I've made friends. My friendships that I have that I've made in this program are based on honesty. And they these friendships, these interactions, this fellowship, and I call it with my friends, um, takes away my need to indulge in my character defects. And, um, you know, it says, you know, yesterday Phil said um, he soon found that when all other methods fail, work with another alcoholic would save the day. And, and I think that work with another alcoholic saves the day before everything else fails. You know, I think that this is the, this is the bedrock on which everything can, 
from which everything can grow. And, um, you know, today I'm not, um, I'm not a prisoner anymore. And, um, you know, they say there's no cure, but if there was one, it would be working with others. Um, and, you know, I feel cured because I don't suffer anymore. So, and I, the reason I feel cured is because of two things, surrender, three things, spiritual wakefulness, surrender, and working with others. Um, and, and, and all of those things create a space in my, in my head where um, this thing that takes care of me, this goose that laid the golden egg, can get in there and do its work. Um, and it starts with surrender. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. from Massachusetts. Reva P. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Toronto. And I am just starting my timer. Um, Yeah, I love this paragraph. Um, What struck me the most, um, the joy of living, even under pressure and difficulty, One of my biggest old beliefs is that I can only have joy of living um, when I get to a certain body size, when certain things in my life will go the way I want, people will do what I want to do, situations will work out the way I want. And I think lately my biggest, biggest awakening is that I can have joy in life. Under pressure, under difficulty, Um, my mother is in the last phases of her life. My daughter has a very serious illness. I have my own challenges. Um, And, you know, we all have our challenges. And I think uh, what I've learned um, through this program is I can have a joy of living that's not dependent on conditions, but dependent on the fitness um, and wellness of my spiritual condition. And I am just amazed at the friends. I I don't even think friend is is, um, enough of a word who, who... light the lanterns and show me the way to this joyful life with challenges and hardships. Um, And when it says there's no form of um, trouble and misery that has not been overcome, you know, I used to think the way to overcome the misery and the trouble was to fix it and solve it. But the way to overcome it is to overcome it spiritually and see things as God sees them. And the trouble is still there but it's not causing misery. Um, I think I heard this cliche, you know, pain and challenges are part of life, but the suffering, the misery, the morbid reflection, that's not necessary. And there's freedom from that by putting the food down and working these steps. And when it says we are growing in numbers, he's talking about the fellowship growth. But I believe individually, personally, um, I am growing in power, through the power and grace and love of my higher power. Um, and it all melds together, you know, the steps 10, 11, and 12, but the people, the ebbies, the powers of example, who show me how to live, how to emulate this design for living, irregardless of externals. You know, like that story, the Dr. Alcoholic Addict, It's not about the external conditions, it's about my internal condition, and that only is achieved by growing constantly, constantly, spiritually connecting with this power that I don't know what it is, but man, oh man, is it 
working miracles um, in my life. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. from Toronto. Rick J. Hey, good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everybody. Um, Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Cary, North Carolina. So grateful. So, so grateful to be here with all of you. And I think that's the biggest takeaway right there. I'm with all of you. Um, you know, and I couldn't agree more. You know, I just I, mean, I love the, the previous shares and everyone has touched on exactly what I was thinking and feeling. Um, you know, I I didn't get into recovery to just not take that next compulsive bite, you know. Um I'm in recovery to change and this spiritual transformation that I've been going through, it's uh, it's a miracle enough, you know, for me to be experiencing this. And yes, I'm I'm doing the actions. I'm I'm living a spiritual program of action one day at a time because yes, I am recovered, but I am not cured. And uh, and I know that, but I'm also connecting with other people who are, you know, grow, going through their own spiritual transformation, who are living in their own freedom and happiness. You know, when I look at the promises, you know, Nancy was talking about, I I am living in the promises, but I'm connected to people who are also living in the promises. That that new freedom and new happiness that I'm experiencing, other people are experiencing. I have a connection with the power greater than myself and I'm connecting to others who have a connection with the power greater than themselves, whatever that happens to be, you know, that connection. And, and I look at this and I had scribbled uh, off to the side here in the margin at some point in time in my big book, you know, it's not just serenity from the storm, it's serenity during the storm. I love that saying, you know, we can't control the wind, but we can adjust our sails. And I'm, I just feel like I'm out there sailing with people who are adjusting their sails and we're sailing, you know, we're out there, we're on, we're going, we're on this beautiful spiritual journey. And yes, the wind kicks up. Um, and, you know, we're, we're going to be telling my daughter uh, today that she's going back into a residential treatment from the advice of her care team. And, you know, and I know I'm not alone and a lot of people have shared this, this turbulent journey with us. This is her third time in uh, to residential treatment. And she's also been in two psychiatric hospitals. It's been a rough road, but we're not alone. I'm not alone. And we are growing in numbers and power. And, but if I were to change anything, I would change that power, you know, with the capital P because that's the power, you know, we're connected with each other. We're connected and we're truly growing, not just in numbers, but yes, we're all growing together. I love that share that was saying that, you know, and there's scarcely any form of trouble in misery, which has not been overcome among us. And, you know, our darkest past shines our brightest light oh, and we shine that for each other. And we've got a pass. Thanks, Rick J. I think from North Carolina. Melissa C. You know what, Melissa, before you hi Melissa, before you share, I should let the people who got on late know what we're sharing on. So just one sec. It is in the AA Big Book, 
The second paragraph on page 15, we commence to make many fast friends. Sorry about that. Go right ahead, Melissa C. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks for your service this morning. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York and just, um, you know, on the heels of Rick's share, my, my heart really goes out to you, Rick. And, um, you know, <laughs> we have fast friendships here. Um, and I, I, you know, our fellowship, this is an important aspect of our program. It should not be overlooked and poo-pooed, you know, um, what we offer one another um, in, in, in this work together, you know. So fellowship is common beliefs, common work, common faith, common need and struggles, and common purpose. You know, and we've got a common mission, right? So we've got a lot of things in common here. It's not just like people that come together and complain, but we've got goals. And, um, and you know, our fast friendships is, you know, um, friends that form over difficulties. You know, we, we have, um, and I'm, because so many of you I've, I've had this experience with, um, you know, where life was difficult and, um, and you've been there. Like we've consistently been there for, enough, for one another and not in the old way of friendships, you know, where we just sort of pat each other on the back and say, there, there, my friend, or how awful for you, how awful for you. Like I've never gotten that here. What I've gotten is, like, this is hard, here's what we do, you know? And um, the other thing that really grabs me here is that we have the joy of living, even under pressure and difficulty. And that's different from being a prey to misery and depression. You know, to think that, that we can actually experience true joy in the middle of difficult times and like pressure, you know, that, that pain of stuff that's going on around us. And I think that's one of the, the defining characteristics of what it means to be recovered. You know, my experience has been when, when you've had a profound spiritual, you know, reconstructing when God enters your heart and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous he allows you pockets of joy in the midst of misery. And I learned that, you know, it's not a gift to anybody I love to wring my hands in defeat when life is difficult. When life gets difficult around me, I share my faith, my trust and reliance on God, and, um, and my joy is, you know, redirected and I'm put back on my feet. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Melissa C. from New York. Pat D. Pat D. Press star right on me. Hi. Can you hear me? Now I do. It sounds like you're in a tunnel, though. Oh, goodness. Just to hold on a second. Is that better? Oh, yes. Hi, Pat. Okay, good. Hi. 
Oh, my goodness. So I'm Pat B. I'm recovered in Beamsville, Ontario, Canada. And just listening to those that have spoken before me, Rick J. said, you know, everybody said what I've been feeling. And, and Rick J. had said that's exactly. So I was saying, yes, Rick, and that's exactly how I feel, too. We are so, so much uh, sharing this joy of living. I just, I just find so much joy in living. And then thinking back over the years, that I've been listening to a vision for you and a part of it. When I first started back in 2014, there were like 3000 people listed as members. And I remember finding all the ones that lived in, in Ontario, Canada and phoning them all. Well, I could not do that. Now there are so many of us from all over the world and all the places that I've traveled and lived these many years and since I've been in OA for over 35 years and all the stuff that I've gone through and seen people gone through and helped people through, this is definitely a joy of living. It's just mind-blowing to me that I am so grateful to have the opportunity now that I'm retired to spend a lot of time every day in program and talking with others and listening and encouraging and guiding. And I, I don't know what I would do without it. I can't imagine my life without OA and a vision for you. And I want to thank every one of you that has had so much to do with bringing it this far. And, and now, you know, along a few years ago, starting a second later meeting for those when I was living out West and it was just, I, my my heart is just overflowing with love for every single one of you and all the 430 people on this call today that are listening and knowing that the vibration of love goes out to you too and everybody that isn't here yet. So thank you for letting me share. Joy for a living is exactly what I experience every day. Thanks to you all. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Pat B., from Ontario, Canada. Okay, it's time for me to invite more of you to share. We have room for probably five people, and so let me just say what I have to say. If you haven't shared on A Vision for You this past Friday or Monday and would like to share on the second paragraph on page 15, we commence to make many fast friends through We Are Growing in Numbers and Power, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial. You might even have time for a six. Irene B. Irene B. Katie G. Janice PM. Katie G. Leah M. Wait one second. Wait one second. Katie G. Janice PM. Did I hear Leah M? Correct. Leah M. And then who who else came after Leah? I think I heard some other names, but I was busy talking and writing. Lee H. Lee H. Lee H. Okay. And um, I think that's all we're going to have time for, so I'm going to stop there. Irene B., Katie G., Janice P. M., Leah M., and Lee H. Irene B., go right ahead. 
Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Irene, a very grateful recovered bulimic from Louisiana. Um, um, This is uh, difficult, but I need to speak my truth. I'm going to say that I am so thankful for this fellowship. I am thankful for the friends that I've made through the fellowship. I don't have a whole lot of friends. Um, Yeah. But I do have people who I care for very, very deeply who have come out of this room and who continue to come out of the rooms um, so I can support them and they can support me. It's a mutual thing. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a gift that I get to be a part of this fellowship. And I have a deep resentment that in here, in this paragraph, it says, and and in this book that I never use, I use another big book. This is one that I don't use because I got it as a gift to someone who rejected it. But it says, I did underline, they've seen the most impossible domestic situations righted. So I was hanging on to that promise, and that was probably the biggest reason why I came into this room, and it was probably the impetus for me wanting to recover from bulimia. And it didn't work. By the time I sensed that something was wrong, I didn't know this at the time, but my husband had moved on and was living with another woman in another state, and I didn't know it. So it didn't work for me. And I've been in a state of turmoil and desperation. The four horsemen looking at me, staring me down <laughs> bad. But through it all, the friends that I've made here have carried me through. The friends in OA have carried me through. And in, as a miracle, I've not tried to commit suicide, which I've done. Every time a man broke, broke up with me, I've tried to commit suicide. No, I haven't done that. And I have these amazing grandbabies who I enjoy immensely. And what a gift that is, that in the middle of the storm, the worst possible thing that could happen to me has happened to me again and um and i'm still able to experience joy at the same time this is an impossible situation so it's going to be a while before i can be totally happy joyous and free because there's so much uncertainty and fear in me right now but Hi, this program room. helped me thank you so much i pass thank you irene b katie g Hi, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G. I'm an anorexic and exercise bulimic. You know, I'm a porcupine, and there are probably a lot of you on this line who may, you know, relate to that. I don't have people skills. Um, I have related my whole life to myself, to my ego, to being someone somewhere And I I don't have a problem having fast friendships. I have a problem showing up for the long term, being consistent. 
The thing that I find so humbling about this recovery program is that we're not united on the problem. We have a problem, right? And um, whether it's, um, you know, whatever is going on and the symptom is my undereating, overeating, exercise bulimia, right? That's the symptom. But the solution is God. And what I have found over the years, I agree uh, with somebody saying that power should be capital P. You know, recently I have been walking through life and um, I kid you not, like I put out an SOS and people on this line call me and they walk me through what feels like the most hard thing in my whole life. Like there's someone who took my commitments to eat um, other people who told me I needed to just grow up <laughs> and um, the debt of gratitude that I have to all of you, um, I get to be a, a wife today. I get to be a mom today. And the layers of this disease that this disease encompasses are so intense. But there's always somebody who's walked before me. It's... um. And then I get to show up on this meeting and to stop performing, right? Like um, one of my beloved spiritual mentors talked about sharing from my underbelly, right? Like I don't need to be popular in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. I don't, I don't need to be popular anywhere. Like I just need to be one among many. And, and when I have that position, like I get to be okay in my skin. And if you're new and you're so uncomfortable and you can't even imagine a moment without your pacifier of food or exercise or the scale, welcome home. We got you. And we don't have you in the way that like your BFFs had you in sixth grade that you like turned on the next day. We have you like another spiritual mentor of mine talks about we're like the mafia. You can't get rid of us. You need us. We are there. And we're not there to enable you. We're there to t lovingly tell you, no, no, that does not work. Please go this way. We love you. We are a fellowship that deliver the truth, but we deliver it with love. We don't shoot the wounded. We don't abandon with each other. We just listen. And thank you, God, for the debt of gratitude I have for the women and men that have started this and continue. With that, I pass. Thank you, Katie T. from Massachusetts. Janice P.M. Well, thank you much, my dear friend, uh, <clears throat> Rebecca F. This is Janice P.M., recovered, grateful, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Well, I'm going to be truthful. As probably many of you have done and felt the same way. I came in here not to have friends. That wasn't my, my goal, to come here, to have friends and overeat as anonymous. However, however, this paragraph describes how the fellowship grew by leaps and bounds. Men and women who are recovered became recovered and families reunited. My life changed and so hasn't others lives change we're born again absolutely uh, i know i am uh, you know and i'm going i'm 80 years old and i've been in here in the revolving door come go i've seen many people come and go some people that are still here some people that i've experienced dying 
and uh, God has, by the grace of God, I'm still here. But, you know, lives change. And, you know, a whole state, you know, a whole state of attitude with this spiritual awakening changes us. And what do we see through that, those that have recovered and have practiced the principles here? Well, this is God's will, showing God's omnipotence, not my success, because certainly on my own, I wasn't successful. But the hope, the hope that we've heard through many of our friends here on the, on the, uh, on the line today, well, that's the attraction. That's the attraction that we get, we get abstinent, we get recovered, and uh, we're restored to what? To sanity. You know, asylums, you know, I, had a, I have a son, and he's completely changed. He was in locked wards. Yeah. But, you know, thank God I had the program. And, you know, like somebody said, Rick, I think said, you know, our past is going to be helpful to somebody new. We're trying. We're not going to save them. But maybe the support that they get from this fellowship, because they're awakened. It's our, it's our job to awaken them to a power. We don't give them the power. We awaken them how to find that power through these steps. You know, you can ask, you know, what form of trouble and misery is not overcome when we practice this program? Answer, zero. There is no misery and there is no trouble that cannot be overcome by this higher power that we find in this program. We are restored. We are renewed. Thank Um, Thank you. And I will pass. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Janice PM from Massachusetts. Leah M. Good morning, everybody. This is Leah M. Recovered in New Jersey. We commenced to make many fast friends, and a fellowship has grown up among us, of which is a wonderful thing to feel a part. And what a blessing, you know, it truly is. And certainly AA grew by leaps and bounds. And why did they grow by leaps and bounds? They grew because people got recovered, stayed recovered, and families got reunited. And, you know, in the program of recovery, we are result-oriented. We're here to say there is a way to live without having to compulsively overeat and to do so happily. And that has happened uh, to me, you know, by the grace of God for over 35 years, that yes, it's possible to be relieved of the mental obsession for food and to be able to have such a dramatic change in my personality, in my character, in my values, such a transformation. And, you know, the beauty of being a part of a group, a community like this, to have voices around the globe that are also shouting the great news um, is such a deep and rich joy. You know, it's like we're pieces of a mosaic that when put together form a picture of hope. And I'm so grateful for that. You know, you can go to meetings, all kinds of meetings on the phone or face-to-face or, you know, on Zoom, and you get to hear the product of the 12 steps. You get to hear or see the results of this plan for living. You know, against all odds, I was supposed to self-destruct. I was killing myself under the guise of seeking ease and comfort 
with a fork and a knife and cellophane bags and bakery boxes. But here, um, due to the program of recovery, you know, the 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in nature, which if we practice as a way of life, practice, <laughs> you know, it does two things. One, it rids us of the obsession to compulsively overeat. And two, it enables people like me who used to suffer and be in pain and despair to become happily and usefully whole, to become a complete person for the first time in my life. I was the creator of my own pain. Nobody was doing this to me. I needed a new mind, a spirit-guided mind. And I got that through the process of the 12 steps. It's the 12 steps that teaches me the art of living undisturbed. <laughs> Do I have a lot going on in my life? You betcha. Do you have a lot going on in your life? I bet. But the program of recovery, a relationship with power, with God, offers me the art of living undisturbed one day at a time. And I can have the joy of living even under pressure and difficulty. And it's always a blessing to be amongst you. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. from New Jersey. Lee H., you'll be our last person to share. Good morning, Rebecca. This is Lee H. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Tennessee, and I just say ditto to everybody shares today. I don't think there's anything else that could be said. It's just been such a great meeting. I just, I just want to say I'm so thankful for the sponsors I've had. <clears throat> uh, when I first came into this program, I too um, had just a lot of misery. My, I was living separated from my husband and uh, on the verge of a divorce. And my first sponsor, just it, it was incredible. I believe my higher power brought her into my life. Um, she introduced me to these principles of the 12 steps and introduced me to um, a, a spiritual way of living. And part of that was the set-aside prayer and just helping uh, my higher power helped me to just set aside everything I think I knew, which was killing me, my thinking plus my overeating. And um, through the last five years that I've been in this program, I've had relapses, and yet every sponsor I've had has just been so loving and kind. And this last one I had, have is just sharing her life with me so much and I'm seeing through her how her higher power is helping her get through many, many difficulties and uh, just her generous time with me and her loving and care and sharing. And I, I'm learning how to do that too because I have relationship problems as KDG talked about, and uh, I'm learning how to how to be a human being and be one of many. I'm learning the joy of living, and especially as Nancy P said, under pressure and difficulty, which is teaching me how to live. I have to have those pressures and difficulties in order to learn. And so I'm so grateful to be here today, and thanks to all of you for sharing, and thanks Rebecca for your service. I'll pass. Thank you, Lee H. from Tennessee. Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. 
the share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, July 19th, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 19,198. That's 19198. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Betsy H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Betsy H., star one to unmute. Sorry about that. Um, our, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.